and welcome back. In today's podcast, we will be talking about human attachment. So with that, sit back, relax, grab your tea, coffee, water, or whatever it be, and let's have he sis. As always, I'm Emma. I'm Kaylee. And today we're drinking a citrus green tea and an orange black tea. Yay. <laughs> you sound thrilled, Em. Alright, now, before things get terribly hostile, I told her I have <laughs> some notes to read, but she's not allowed to read them because I think it'd be fun to surprise her. Firstly, I would like to just say, last podcast was a little crazy. We were really tired, it was really late, you know, last last week of actual classes before semester finals and all that stuff, so it was a little, a little much, but it's all we good. We got sidetracked. We got sidetracked. Big time. Got some things out, you know, it's fine. Secondly, about last podcast... <laughs> Like, literally, the day after we filmed that podcast, I saw a video of somebody that keeps alpacas in their house as pets. Their house alpacas. Oh. Yeah. Aren't they cute? Yeah. Were they small or big? They were pretty large. Yeah. That's why... They like, were, like, the size of a Great Dane, I would say. That's why alpacas are good, because they'd be little. This is just literally an alpaca. They just had an alpaca in I their know, house. but alpacas... Would be a better size for that. Also, clarification. We know alpacas and llamas are different animals. We kind of used those terms interchangeably last podcast. No, Nobody pointed it out. I just, I just wanted to say they're different animals. They are. Like sheep and goat. Yeah. Also, a lot of you think it's capaca and you're wrong. Capaca. Okay. No, it's alpacats. It's alpacats. Accept it, people. It's alpacat. You can't even say it. You just stuttered over it. I never said I was good at saying it. I just said it was. If no one can pronounce it. I think people can pronounce it if they try. But it's easier to say kapaka. And it's fun. Kapaka, 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 kapaka. It almost sounds like I'm trying to beatbox, but I'm just saying the name of a fake animal over and over again. <laughs> it's fine. I've also been informed that there is a video game that has a squid crab in it. A squad. A squad. If you will. And it looks like a glowing see-through spider. I have a picture. Do you want to see? Will it freak me out? I don't know. Will it cause issues with my fear of spiders? I don't know. Is this something you want to risk? Well, Maybe it, don't it hand me really, the I'm not going to hand it to you. I'm just going to show you. Oh, no, that looks like a robot squid. Kind of. But if you imagine it's an upside-down spider. Why would it be upside-down? Like, he's hanging down and his web is coming out of his, you know, out of his abdomen. That's how spiders look when they come down, you Yeah, weirdo. but they're not upside down. They're, like, sideways. What do you think? They're, like, <laughs> No, they shoot it out their butts! No, they're, like, sideways. Upside down would be, like, another if 45 degrees. If this is the head down here. Yeah. Normally, and their heads are straight. That's not upside down. That would be upside down. When spiders come down from the ceiling? Yeah. Because... They... How many spiders have you actually watched come down from the ceiling, Kaylee? You don't like to look at them. You see them scream and run out of the room. This is true. That's true. You have no basis to stand up for this argument. <laughs> Anyways. But he doesn't look like a spider. Squad. He looks like a robot squid. Squad. He looks really cool. The art style's really cool. I'm sorry, now I'm just admiring the art. Also, we might have an opportunity coming up to do a podcast with somebody. A guest. 
possibly do something a little special, a little different with that person. So stay tuned for that. Something fun might be coming. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Probably in the month of December. School's out for December. That doesn't work very well. How's that song go? I don't know. I don't know either. It's been <laughs> so long. We need to watch High School Musical again. That do would be great. Do we need to, though? No. I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to, actually. You're right. We could, but we, we could. don't need to. There are other things I'd much rather watch again. Or watch Like Howl's time. Moving Castle. That's a good one. I want to watch that one again. Or Speed. If you haven't seen Speed, it's it's a 1990... Is it... Is it 90? It would have to be 90s. Yeah. It's a 1990s it's movie. 80s. It's called Speed. Go and look it up. It has Keanu Reeves in it. Young Keanu Reeves. But young Keanu Reeves. Reeves. And I personally don't like action movies, but this one, man, it had me going. I liked it. And it was funny. It was funny, too. Partially because it's a 90s movie, so they do some things that is completely unrealistic. That's true. It's a good movie. Just go watch it. It's funny. It's great. That is a fun movie. Yeah. Human Attachment. Human Attachment. Which goes really well with movies, because, you know, that's really funny, because I looked over and I saw that monkey in the bin, and I was like, should I really be getting rid of that monkey? And then you said, Human Attachment. And I was like, Human Attachment. You're right. The monkey goes. Yeah. It's funny how easily people get attached to things, though. Like, sentimentality is powerful. You keep teeth from little children that are completely useless. Hold on. Or time out. I need more sugar. Run, puppy, run. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna get up and do it, and then you said that, and now I don't want to. Please get the green thing on the shelf. Oh, I would have gotten you normal sugar. I mean, you can, but... Well, hello. I'm by myself. Has anybody done that thing where you look around and you, like, see faces? Like, there's... It's a wall, but, like, the texture of the wall kind of makes a face. (sighs) This room has a lot of things that kind of add up or out of the corner of your eye looks like a face or somebody crouching somewhere. There you go. Thank you. I was just talking about how you see faces and walls and stuff. What's that called? Not you specifically, but people. I don't know what that's called, but it's basically where your mind looks for faces and things. So if it sees anything remotely face-like, it makes a face even if there's not there. Interesting. I have no idea, but that's not our topic. Human attachment. Human attachment. (laughs) Stop looking at me weird, please. I was standing like the Grinch earlier today looking out the window. I was like, you know, anybody? Not really. You know, if you think about how he actually like stands, he stands straight up and then his pelvis and like abdomen are thrust forward and he kind of bends back. So his back is like bent backwards and then he juts his face, his chin out forward and then you gotta make the Grinch face. I couldn't do that. I can't frown. Wow, Miss Ball of Sunshine. Sunshine. No, I can be upset, but like my face muscles won't frown. Frown. Let's see it. That's so funny looking. I know. Did I you can't take a do picture it. of our tees? No. You got all high. You were like, we got. We can take do a that. Picture. You're just. Here, just take it on the white background. Just get rid of everything. All toys. All the sugar. Push it all aside. I will hold all the babies. They're not babies. Are you? Oh my gosh! I slept so good last night. Have you ever been so tired? I, I work. I woke up early anyways, but I slept so good last night. It was like one of those sleep where your body temperature is just perfect and the bed is just perfect and everything is just, uh, and you're so tired, you're just like, you just crashed. 
when you wake up and you feel like I don't know, soft and warm. This is like last podcast when I was making um there's an no, Instagram poll. There's a good way to get a good photo without something in the background. But what do you have in the background? Let me see. Oh, the lamp's a big issue. We have a is it vintage? Could you call that vintage? It's vintage. Is it antique? Does it classify as an antique? I mean it's from like fifties. Okay. It's old. We have an old vintage, possibly classic lamp mm. that um no. Why don't you just get a top-down view of our mugs and the table. I'm sorry, I'm being really picky about this for the person not to take a picture. I know. Well, I know you do better. Uh, lamp. Okay. We have this vintage classic lamp. And, um, this lady, we clean her house for her, but she's 91. And she accidentally broke. She knocked it off of her dresser. And the top, because it's two globes, the top globe shattered. The top globe shattered, and the light bulb and everything. So now it's just the bottom globe and like a light bulb twisty area. Whatever. I don't know what they're called. Let me get back on top of it. Kaylee took it because she wanted to. I don't even know. She wanted to see if she could use it, fix it, make it another lamp. We still have it. It's just sitting in our bedroom. <gasps> yes. This room has a lot of cupboards. Is this is a spare room. Narnia is hiding somewhere in this room. It's behind the curtains. <gasps> <laughs> I want to go. Prince Caspian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, topic. Human attachment. Yeah. How many times are we going to say that in, in sure intention of starting the, the, uh, the actual... Well, it's been like three. It's fine. We've been but going for 16 minutes? Human kept... attachment. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting distracted. Let's go. So, I think human attachment's a really interesting topic because humans get attached to things, like, so easily because we're social creatures. But even, like, things that aren't people. So, like, it's obvious, like, if you spend a lot of time with a person, you're going to, like, get attached to that person. But we get attached to animals and plants and non-living things like robots or just items. Knickknacks. Like the iRobot. A vacuum. You mean a Roomba? There's Roombas and then there's iRobot. They're all basically the same. They're little vacuum creatures. Things. Robots. But yeah. Like that. You People get attached to those to where they're almost like pet for the family. And it's to the point where I know Roomba allows you to request if you send your Roomba in for manufacturer issues, they'll fix it and send the same Roomba back because you get too attached to it. We should buy mom a Roomba. It can be our pet. <laughs> See, I'm creating a human attachment. Oh, Oh gosh. Do something you don't even have yet. We plan human attachments too. Yeah. And, and we, we also thought don't. That. Like we plan to have an attachment to something. Like that makes sense with humans. Like if you're going to have a child, you are obviously planning in your mind to love and care for that child. But like we plan to have attachments to items like your phone. You were like, I will never lose it. I will never break it. You know, or like maybe you collections. Why do you think people collect things? They get attached. I mean, I collect rocks. For, because they're pretty. I like shiny things. But I like also, shiny things. A lot of rocks. I am a crow. I know Cat. where they come from, and it reminds me of like a story or a place I've been. <laughs> Or I collect Barbies. And part of that <coughs> is because childhood <coughs> memories and stuff. But also... 
I choked. Let me cough. <laughs> you dying? But also, mom collected Barbies before me, and so there's like a herited kind of an inherited attachment to. It's an inherited. An inherited, an inherited attachment attached to Barbies because she collected Barbie stuff before I did. Like, granted, I don't have a ton, but I do collect them. You know, sometimes I forget that technically I have my own bin of Barbies from that whole shit again, and I'm just like, yeah, because mom divided up her Barbies between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And stuffed animals. I think because that is probably one of the most early signs of human attachment with little kids is like when they get attached to a blankie or a stuffed animal or whatever, and then they start collecting stuffed animals. And of course, little kids see stuffed animals as not just a stuffed toy. It's a thing to them. It's like an imaginary friend. I mean, think how ratty some of our stuffed animals, like our first big stuffed animal are, but we still keep them. I never got attached to large things. I didn't get attached to large stuffed animals and really make them ratty. You, you did. Mine were. That was the one. I don't know. I don't remember what I was thinking at two years old that was like, this is the one I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. (laughs) That wasn't what I was thinking. I was like, hey, this is my friend, I guess. I don't know. I'm not two. I'm 20. I think it's interesting that we create human attachments to certain things, but other things, we're like, no. And it's different for every person. Like, you wouldn't get attached necessarily to, I guess it depends on who you are. But me personally, like, I'm not attached to a couch, you know? I'm like, if we get rid of the couch, I'm like, whatever. It's couch. The tape, the kitchen tape. What what about (laughs) You are attached to that. I'm just, like, sitting at it because it's like having a desk and I don't have a desk. So you're not gonna argue that you'd be upset if mom and dad just decide to get rid of it? Depends on what they're going to get after it. (laughs) Will it live up to my standards? Will it be something I enjoy? I wasn't gonna bring up the tape because I know I'm kind of attached to the table. I brought up the couches because I'm not attached to the couches. (laughs) Neither am I, but I'm attached to my bed. I'm not. I could change my bed. I mean, I could change my bed, but it'd be weird. I'm I'm attached to the way I sleep by myself. Okay, I'm attached to an idea, a concept, a thing. Uh, But is it real? It's real. Yeah, because I sleep by myself. I'm attached. (laughs) I'm attached to the the way I sleep by myself. (laughs) The comfort of being in a room by yourself and everybody else has gone to bed and it's just silence and you're alone and you're like, ah, finally, there's some freaking silence in this house and everybody has gone to bed and I don't feel like anybody is just gonna randomly walk in and be like, what are you doing? And I'm gonna be like, I'm reading a book! I'll wait till like two in the morning to get that. No. You might, because I'm up, and I'm like, ah, she's in the basement, I can't even hear. I heard you last night. You were laughing last night. I went to bed at a decent time last night. No, maybe that was Sunday night. Maybe. Maybe. I went to bed at the bathroom, too. I went to bed at a decent time last night. I don't, you don't get attached to showers, either. Maybe. If it was a really nice shower, I could see getting attached to a shower. Would attachment, though, is, is an attachment a little bit different, though, than, like, missing something, like, convenience? Mm. Do you miss that specific shower? because you're attached to the shower or do you miss the convenience or special thing that that shower has? Because like, well then, I guess the question becomes, do we actually become attached to our devices or do we just find them as convenience factors and entertainment factors? And then I think the question is, if you got rid of your device but replaced it with something that could do something similar, would you be upset? What do you mean? Replaced it by something? If you replaced it with the exact same thing but a different one, would you miss your previous? one. Why you mean the exact same thing? Like, say I broke my phone. Yeah. But I got the exact same type of phone. The J7 whatever crown.
Mm -hmm. I got that again. So exact same phone, but it's different because it wasn't my phone. Would I be upset that I no longer had my phone? No, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't call it attachment. Interesting. So we are not actually attached to our phones. Now this is interesting because does this spread across- Oh, I'm sure across... some people are attached to their phones. Does this spread across all forms of devices? Well, I think it depends because, on the because, person. Well, yes. But when dad got a new computer, he constantly says, I miss my old computer. Did he become attached to the computer? Or did he just become attached to the way that that particular computer functioned? I think he missed the familiarity of that computer. So is human attachment really attachment to objects? Or is it just missing the familiarity of knowing the thing and being knowledgeable on it? And you don't have to do the extra work. Well, I think attachment in any way comes with, for the most part, the familiarity of something. It's like keeping the school project from kindergarten forever. It's like, yeah, sure, I may not remember anything about kindergarten except for this one picture, which I remember doing because I have a picture. Not that I actually have a picture from kindergarten. Mom probably got rid of it. <laughs> but if I had one, like, there's a familiarity with it that gives me, like, a memory or is like, oh yeah, this is from when I did this. With stuffed animals, it, like, brings you back to your childhood. When you think of things like robots, it's an attachment of something that's been like in your house with you has been doing little things with you of course with the Roombas it's more of a social bond too whereas objects don't necessarily have the social so do we become attached to houses yeah I think it depends on how long you've been there and like the person I think a lot of this depends on the person different people have different amounts of attachment but like I'm attached to this house we grew up here I would probably be upset if we moved I wouldn't I would but I'd get over it I mean, I would probably eventually get over it. But there will always be, like, a little bit of me. If we drove by, that would be like, that's where I can wonder, like, what happened to that? What stories have been told in See, I always become more curious about what people have done. Because everybody enters a space and kind of makes it their own when they live in a space long term. You know? Like, people paint. They have different couches. They have different decorations. They have different rugs. They have different styles. They want to do different things. They have different hobbies that take up different spaces. So, I'm always most curious to walk through houses, like, with the first owner, with the second owner, you know, and, like, see the differences. Yeah. But you, like, never get to do that! <sighs> I mean, that would be interesting, but I also they want people to, make... to walk through a house and be like, oh, I remember when this happened in this room. They need to make TV shows where they literally just are like, here's this person's style, and here's their house and how they decorated it. They're moving out, and then show you the house that they moved into, previous owner, and then show you the house that they're moving into when they moved into it, you know, and then and then it could be like this endless cycle of, and this owner owns this house now, and that's what they've done with it, and this owner owns this house now. I would be seriously interested with that. Can you become attached to TV shows? Yes. Does that kind of fill in? Do you, would you think that that would kind of fill in the um, social aspect? A little both. That's very interesting. Because, like, I was going to be like, eh, I don't know. But then, like, immediately some shows like Cyber Chase popped into my head from our oh, childhood. Goodness. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm definitely attached to that. Cyber Chase. <laughs> that was just a whole flurry of memories. See? And I'll, like, forever have... I didn't say they head. were good. Sorry. I didn't say they were bad. They're just memories. Is there such a thing as just a memory? No. <laughs> Let's be honest. No. There are memories, though, that you don't want to share. Yeah, I understand that. But, like, I think memories form who we are. I think that everybody has emotions and whatnot behind a memory, or you wouldn't care to keep it. 
correct, you would well, get rid of it. What? So we're. Go ahead. Let me talk. That was really whiny. I do hereby apologize. <laughs> I think that you you keep memories because you attach emotions to them, and if you didn't attach an emotion to that memory, it would basically be useless, and you'd get rid of it. So I don't think that you have quote unquote just memory. I think that you have memories that you just don't want to admit the emotions behind. So with memories, we're programmed to remember strong emotions more clearly, especially negative emotions. And so a lot of your memories are based off an emotional counter attachment. What are some things you're attached to? Me. Yeah. I am attached to something I don't have anymore. <laughs> I miss my car. Oh, your first car? Uh-huh. Zippy. <sighs> I don't think people really understood how absolutely in love I was with that car. <laughs> I loved it. I was so attached to it. Drove it all the time. I mean, you would know. It was my car. It was my baby. I loved it. Care of it. I cleaned him. I, I made sure he was clean inside. Drove him all the time. Gas in him. I loved my car. And then you got in the car. I had to mourn my car. Like, I didn't realize that until recently. I had to mourn my car. And now, and now I'm in the stages where you just remember. Occasionally you'll be driving or whatever. And I'll see a car and I'll be like, oh, city. And I remember. Like, I, it's like I lost a friend. I learned to drive in that car. Because we bought it before I took driver's ed. Because, like, bad deal. No way you're going to pass it up. Uh-uh. <laughs> so we bought it. And dad drove it around for, like, six months before I took driver's ed. And I, like, literally solely learned to drive in that car. I had to mourn it. I'm, oh, I miss my car. If, okay. And everybody's like, oh, but you have a, you have a Jeep. You have your dream car. Yes, but no. <laughs> okay. Yes, I have a Jeep. Yes, Jeeps are my dream cars. I love Jeeps. This one? This one's not my necessarily dream car, you know? And that's okay. Still a Jeep. It's a step closer. He's bigger, which is what my mom wanted. But, you know, <laughs> if I could take... A lot bigger than the little tiny Ford Focus. Yeah. If I... bad in the ice. Yeah. If I had the opportunity to say, you can either keep beat my current car, or you can have Zippy back, I would take Zippy back. Dude, that car was so good on gas. <laughs> like, 20 bucks. You could go, like, two weeks on that. So amazing. He was fast, sleek. He had lights inside. He had the nice stereo... 2009 Ford Focus SES. For how much? Wasn't it like 2000 something? Oh yeah. We only got it. We only got that particular car because it was on a salvage title. It had been in a previous car accident and they had refurbished it. So it was semi-new. Like everything had been replaced at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So resale was really low on it, but... Yeah, because it, it was in a, a really bad car accident. Fire. It had been totaled. It had been totaled. They were like, you can't, no matter how much work you do on this car, it will technically always damaged. I think that's how it works. I don't know. Something, Something like that. So it had to have a... Um, salvaged title. Salvaged title, which make, makes it, like, super cheap. So if you're wondering, little tip tip. But you have to, I would If advise. you can find a car that has been properly redone with all the sensors, all the airbags, everything, all of the safetyness to it, re-put in, if I, if I make sense. And the only that's reason a newer car, Dad trusted it enough to get it despite being refurbished was because 
they were someone who a friend knew that, like, was well-trusted. Yeah. But if you can find a newer car that has been in a car accident, he's on a salvage title, but has been properly rebuilt, it will be so much cheaper than buying a new, new car. Just, just please make sure it's safe. That's the biggest thing about salvage titles, is you could buy it, and it could not be safe. And you could get in a car accident, and the airbags could not go off on you. You know? So, I miss my car. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the space the Beep had. If I got rid of Beep, I think I would miss the space to go back to Zippy, because I wouldn't have a duck shelf. No, you wouldn't have a duck shelf, but you had that little divot in your dashboard. You can't really put stuff up there. Melted. But ducks wouldn't have melted. I melted a rubber dinosaur. Like, what are they like? They're like gel rubber things. It's not like holy rubber. What is it called? Silicone? It might be silicone. I melted a silicone dinosaur in the windshield of my car. <laughs> and then I had to buy him a replacement because <laughs> I was attached to it. <laughs> and I was sad that I had melted him. He was sticky. He had so much dust stuck to him by the time I finally got him out of the car and threw him away. Had a funeral. You're also attached to all your rubber ducks out there. You make fun of my collections, but you have a rubber duck collection. <laughs> have we told the story? I don't remember. Did we tell the story? No, I don't think we have. Okay. The day I got in the car, car accident story. was Zippy. I, it was not my fault. For the record, it was not my fault. I was driving to school and... And I drive past an elementary school that has a road that uh, leads neighborhood road back that to the neighborhood and the school. And then an entrance onto the main road. It has a stop sign. I do not. I was going 35 and this car, this truck cut in front of me. So I was like kind of stepping on my bricks. I was like, well, that was a close call. The lady sitting at the stop sign from so the elementary school saw the truck cut in front of me and thought it was safe that nobody was there and pulled out. And I like rammed into her going 35 miles per hour. Rushed the front of my car like a tin can. Dented in the entire side of her car. My airbags deployed. It was one of those crashes. But it was a salvage title and my airbags deployed. So that was great. You know, <laughs> like safety. Um, and I was terrified and sad and, you know, confused and overwhelmed. And they told truck came to take my car away. And mom was like, aren't you going to go get your stuff out of the car? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And I went and I grabbed like literally just my backpack and lunchbox from going to school. And I came back and I was like, got it. And mom's like, you don't want anything else out of the car? And I looked at her for a minute and I was like, what else is in the car? I didn't know how all this works. I've never been in a terrible car accident like this before. And I was like, what else is there? <laughs> and then at this point, because it hit so bad, all the fluids in my car started draining out, you know, so the firemen are over there throwing their kitty litter dust stuff down on the fluids so it dries them up. And I looked at mom and I went, oh, my friends! <laughs> and I went running back to the car and like all the firemen like stepped aside and just waited as I dipped into my little car and came out with a handful of dinosaurs and ducks. <laughs> I came walking back over to my mom and everybody was just kind of like, what? What? Well, because they knew there was no one in the car with you. Yeah, and you're just, just like, me. my friends. And I just like literally screamed on the verge of tears, my friends! And went running back to the car and came out with a handful of rubber ducks and dinosaurs. <laughs> Then now ride around in my new car. Well, the ducks do. The dinosaurs stay in your window seal because it gets too hot in the car. So you're attached to ducks in the car. I guess I'm kind of inadvertently adding to your com- what I'm, I'm giving you what you wanted. You wanted me to list things I'm attached to and I'm just giving them to you without even realizing them. Well, I was just like, that's some interesting things. Like, what are we attached to? I think I... it's always interesting to think about. 
as a child was attached to a lamb. A stuffed animal. It's a stuffed animal. It was a lamb. Had a rattle in it. We named it Little Lamb. It was your, like, baby stuff. Yeah. It was my stuffy, basically. And I distinctly remember I used to have one of those little kids bikes that has, like, a baby seat on the back. You know, a little <laughs> plastic baby seat or whatever. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And I left a little lamb in the baby seat outside at night <laughs> one time. And I was going to bed and I couldn't sleep without it. And I was like, no, I don't have my little lamb. And I was all upset. And Dad's like, well, where did you put it? <laughs> he walked around and he was like, it was out on the bike. And I was just like, yay! <laughs> I just distinctly remember that. I remember because we spent like an hour looking all over the house for it. Because I would not sleep. Yeah, I was like crying. I would not sleep. How did you learn to sleep without your bear? Um, I think it was slowly, because uh, my my stuffed animal that I grew up with, it's been like my stuffed animal. It's what we, Emma's was little lamb. And it was like a little bit bigger than like a hand. Mm-hmm. Mine is big bear. <laughs> And it's, like, the size of my torso. It's a big bear. Like, my torso and head is basically the size. We have pictures of me as a baby sitting in its lap. Mm-hmm. And so, the size is a lot different for me. Because yours is really easy to get cuddled up with. Mine was pretty big. And so, like, I think it was kind of a combination of the size. Like, I could have it next to me and still feel it there without having to hold it. And the fact that sleeping with it sometimes would be annoying. Especially in the bunk bed where there wasn't a ton of room anyways. Because there were the bars on the sides. I think you'll underestimate how difficult it is to clutch a small thing. You know, like, you want to clutch it, and it's just kind of fabric and a rattle at this point. <laughs> like, it, it's not one of those stuffed animals that's really stuffed. It kind of has beans and a rattle for its body, and its arms and head are stuffed. So it's a little limp. It's right there. So, you know, c- kind of clutching that, it's difficult to get, like, a good grasp on it when you're trying to lay down in bed. I got to the point where I just shoved it <laughs> This is how I learned to sleep without my baby stuffed animal. I shoved it between the wall and the bed. (laughs) So I was like, it's just right there. And then I just learned to sleep without it. Well, yeah, I started putting it, like, off to the side so I could, like, have a little bit more space to roll around if I need to at the night without, like, waking up with it in my face or something. And then slowly it ended up slowly, like... Getting further and further towards the headboard as it slowly started sitting up and up more. And then it just sat there for a long time. And then I moved downstairs. And when I moved downstairs, it would sit, like, on a dresser for a while because I had Joy in the room with me, our dog. So there was, like, another being with me still. See, I think that your size stuffed animal made a big difference as to whether you were a cuddler or not. Probably. Because you had a large stuffed animal that was probably about, like, hugging another person. At a young age, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, at a young age, is often when a lot of these characteristics tend to develop. Mm-hmm. So you thereby became a hugger and a cuddler. And I did not. I was not used to hugging large things. So I learned to sleep without my stuffed animal just because it was so big that I, like, stopped needing it right next to me all the time. Because it got in the way. Because our beds are small. Especially the bigger we got. Interesting. Because we see. still have. You know, did you enjoy having a bunk bed? Because how old were we when we finally stopped having a bunk bed? You know, I... I didn't favor or... I think I was like 12. I didn't... At the youngest. Like, per se. I didn't hate having a bunk bed. I didn't like sitting up and smacking my head on your bed. (laughs) Which I started doing towards the end. Because my torso is rather large. You had more room between your bed and my bed than I did between me and the ceiling, though. That's not true. That's not true. Maybe not. 
I thought it was. I have a long torso. Honestly, I'm curious as to if you took my legs, would they be the size of my head and torso? I don't know. It's difficult to garner from this position. I know that my legs... Oh, if you brought your knee up, where does it sit on you? Because my legs are definitely longer. You're kind of, like, collapsed. Well, I can't do (laughs) that right now. I think it'd be closer than my ratios are. Definitely. I wasn't saying they'd be close to your ratios at all. (laughs) Well, because I have a lot of room above my head with my leg. I've, like, that much of it. That's a weird topic. (laughs) It's tricky. Because everybody said, oh, Emma's so tall, she's catching up to Kaylee so fast. Oh, she's (laughs) gonna be taller than Kaylee. And then I just stopped. Like, just barely shorter than Kaylee. So standing, I am about... An inch and a half, two inches shorter than Kaylee? Yeah, about that. But sitting, I am about an inch and a half taller than Kaylee because my torso is just longer. Yeah. But my legs often dangle in chairs. (laughs) Whereas I have really long legs and semi-long arms, but not nearly as long as in comparison to your arms as my legs are. I think I have like an inch on you arm-wise, but I have like several inches on my legs compared mm-hmm. to yours. Can you think of anything weird that I'm attached to? I'm sentimental. I attach to some really weird things. What do you think you attach to that's weird? I've gotten attached to clothes really bad. Mm-hmm. I can Which wasn't that, as big though. of an issue because I could always pass it down to you for a long time. I can understand, though, being attached to clothing to some extent. Because, you know, you put something on and it makes you feel really great. And you're like, I look really good in this, whatever, you know. And so you kind of become attached I don't think you necessarily become attached to the article of clothing itself, but I think you become attached to what that piece of clothing makes you feel. I don't know. I think I got detached to the clothing. Like, it might probably also had something to do with how I felt, but also, like, a lot of memories in it, because it would be stuff I'd wear a lot. So even if it's stuff you wear a lot and you attach memories to it, you're still attached to the way that shirt makes you feel. Yeah, I think that's pretty much attachment though if you're attached to anything it's because of the way it makes you feel (laughs) weird thing to. i don't know i don't think anything i'm attached to is terribly abnormal i attach to stuffed animals really easily i know you have so much stuff in your life you own so much because i'm bad at getting rid of stuff because i'm sentimental there we go we named it kelly's attached to everything I have lots of, like, little pamphlets from things. Like, why? I have... Why? I have the... What? The script from all the school plays that mm-hmm. we did. I also have pamphlets from school plays. That's a little different. I have pamphlets plays, from events we went scripts to. Scripts from things you were in. That's a little different. I have uncolored in coloring books that I am attached to. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You need to move on. You need to let go. You need to just... You need to Maria Kwando it. Kwando it. Maria Mia Maria Kwando. Oh no. You need to do that thing where you look at and you say, Oh no. Does this item bring me joy? Yes. Oh, I just realized that. I was about to be like, I was literally sitting here like, you need to look at it and think. And I was like, what do you think? And I was like, does this item bring me joy? And I was like, she would answer yes with everything. (laughs) Not everything. We would do everything. We would Maria Kondo everything in your room. And we would have to be like, Kaylee, does this item, does this item bring you joy? And you'd have to be like, yes. (laughs) You would just say yes to everything. I totally. Totally 100% entirely believe that fact. Well, and some things I have, like, 
A lot of stuff I have are paper-based, like things I doodled <gasps> or pictures of things. You're attached to the KitchenAid. I am attached to the KitchenAid. I would be so sad if that thing broke. The other day, Mom was making something with it, and it started making a funny clicking noise because it was working really hard. And I looked at her like, did you just kill our KitchenAid? And she was like, oh, I hope the KitchenAid doesn't die, like nonchalant and everything. And I was just like, I hope the KitchenAid doesn't die. <laughs> I don't want to lose the KitchenAid. I haven't gotten a chance to use it for all of its capabilities yet. I've only made <laughs> pizza dough in this thing once. We haven't made pasta with it yet. I haven't done the attachments where you grind your own meat. Come on, people. <clears throat> Thanks for listening. Don't know why y'all still here. See y'all later. Bye! Bye. I think people are more likely to get attached to, like, little knick-knack things than cutesy to, things. like, big things. I think people get attached to cutesy things. Yeah. The cute factor. Also, I think it's easier to be like, oh, it's small, I don't need to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. But then if you get a million small things, it's hard to get rid of all of them. And then you're too attached, and then it becomes an issue. It's true. I, we out. Did you turn off the podcast?